so yeah, as Eddie said, this is uh, normally it's a, a podcast uh, that's recorded in the studio, but um, due to COVID and um, just the convenience of Clubhouse, we've kind of shifted to this format and it seems to be working well and it allows us to bring on uh, guys like Owen and, and Mike um, without having to be in the same room. So um, I feel like uh, in the interest of time, because there's a lot to talk to um, these guys about, Eddie, that we just jump right into it and I can kind of give a, an intro on who they are and, and what they're what they're up to. Um, Sounds good to me. Any objections, Eddie? Okay, good. No objection. <laughs> All right. So I, I I would like to hear it from your guys' perspective. I have my uh, story on how Mystery School started and and um, how you guys kind of pivoted to being one of uh, the only. Maybe you guys are the only sort of late night show on on Twitch. Um, but why don't you take us through uh, Owen or or Mikey? Uh, you know, on how you started with mystery school and how it went from a, a music project to now uh you guys are our hosts of a, of a late night show sure um i would say the main catalyst was failure extreme failure um <laughs> we uh put out a music project that failed badly and uh we pivoted aggressively but before that um we were in hawaii to work on cool kids music uh, when I was just a humble DJ and sometimes guy who made beats to attempt to get the cool kids on them. And um, Mike and I had been just hanging out, making music together and, and talking a lot about our philosophy for music and entertainment and uh, both kind of lamenting this lack of uh, substantial, just robust, lasting um, artistic statements, I guess. Not in a sort of like, I don't know, high and mighty sort of way, just in a reflecting on how granular things had become with, with entertainment, how there's a shorter and shorter release cycle, and it's just sort of a release constant singles until you release an album that puts a bunch of singles on them and go on tour and repeat sort of deal. And we would, we would have a lot of these conversations about just our, our long-term goals for music and things that we like that we don't see in the industry as much anymore. And uh, we were making a lot of music together. Eventually, it turned into uh, the suggestion from you, Josh, of us starting our own group because we both work really fast, and you know we're making music together already. And uh, are you wait? Are in, you are you going to blame me for the failure of the release as well? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. You are involved. Yeah, you can. You can. But uh, but go on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, dude, I remember we were, or I was in LA after coming back from um, a, a trip that you sponsored for us all to go to Hawaii to work on new Cool Kids music. And uh, you had Mike on the call and suggested that we start our own group, which was shocking to me, but I was very excited. And we came back, started working on music, and we just continued these long form conversations. and. Uh, had a project ready after months of painstaking, heartfelt labor on a musical project. Eventually, it came out and uh, nothing really happened. And in the meantime, we had been running this like uh, gimmick, this like PR stunt. Do you want to tell them about that? Yeah, basically, um, to release the Mystery School Music Project, we were talking about like different ways to roll it out, you know, essentially that would. Uh, 
serve as the the platform for the music to come out on or or the reason that you know we built up some hype so we kind of went through a, a list of you know ways that people had released music in the past and ways that people are ways that people that were releasing music now and um we just kind of came to the conclusion that uh you gotta kind of like give people something to freak out over you know you gotta give them something exciting to attach the music to or else it's just music and you know how it is today like people are not gonna just people don't listen to music because the song is good you know people usually are attracted to that artist's personality or they're attracted to the way they carry themselves or their relationships or their image or something there has to be you know a bit more than just good music for it to you know resonate with people nowadays because it's there's so many other things going on so right <clears throat> we we figured around this time um we were just kind of looking at the landscape of music and we decided on a less traditional rollout for the project and we decided like man what if we turn this into kind of like a performance art kind of deal you know what if we kind of played up the character of mystery school which was essentially like some hacker you know dystopian future uh type of aesthetic you know that we were kind of cultivating around that time we still hey, had you got like kidnapped by right or brainwashed or I, I'm, there was a whole backstory that we came up with right yeah so um we wanted to kind of fake a hack you know like fake all of my accounts getting hacked uh music getting leaked essentially and um that kind of would lead us into the mystery school album dropping so we fake hacked all of my social media accounts um Owen was the ski mask antagonist, you know, he was just a dude <laughs> in a ski mask and we would like, you know, film short clips and videos of him doing like really suspicious stuff. Very you know, suspicious. Really suspicious shit that you couldn't really put your finger on, like what's going on here. So <clears throat> we made a couple small video clips of that kind of stuff. Um, him faking, like hacking into my car, hacking into my like laptop, and getting <laughs> yeah, like lurking my, outside your apartment, lurking outside, getting like my Bitcoin, <laughs> getting like my Bitcoin information, and just basically making like Sir Michael Rock's life just a living hell, basically. Um, so after a couple of those posts, we started to get some uh, attention, and people were kind of like freaking out, like what the fuck is going on? And then the <laughs> which uh, was the point, right? Yeah, that, that was the point. And yeah, the definitely. final straw was we took a mixtape that. I had already prepared. Um, we took that mixtape and we leaked it. Uh, that was a mixtape of mine of completely unreleased music, brand new stuff. Um, we basically used that as a pawn, you know, we used that as a stepping stone to uh, get to the Mystery School release, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, well, let me interject real quick because one thing that we had an advantage of is that you're well known. Uh, you know, you have. Uh, that helps. Yeah, you have you have followers, you have Instagram accounts that have you know tens of thousands of people. So like you know we we took advantage of the fact that you have fans that follow you, and your fans are like diehard fans as well. They're so very we, supportive. <laughs> yeah. So they were. We got some threatening emails from people being like, "What did you do to him?" Oh and yeah, I got death is, threats. Yeah, is he okay? Yeah, it so, was, it was so crazy. I because I just want to color this a little bit because Owen's talking about this abject failure of the drop and all that, but it 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 
depends on your you know definition of failure i mean like you guys still have been somehow getting 10,000 monthly listeners without putting new music out for over a year and have songs that have hundreds of thousands of streams on on spotify yeah and and, and then i want to get to the fact that like this led to what is yes. now your day-to-day jobs essentially yeah so it wasn't a i mean maybe the music wasn't commercially you know it didn't didn't chart or anything like that but it, it led to a, a result yeah 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 definitely did the uh the, the the context of of failure i guess is extremely important specifically in this context uh commercially yeah like we 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 drummed up like millions of organic impressions from the the stunt um on his socials elsewhere a couple people wrote about it and we were expecting um in, in, that that would transition into interest in the drop of the the group the formal announcement that you know we we're doing something interesting here we had new music and um we we've gone back and and tried to talk about it a couple times or or exhume what happened there and it's kind of hard to make sense of because we definitely <laughs> it tricked people and alienated them and made some people upset at us um so whether or not that meant that they didn't go listen to the music uh who knows but um we we did the payoff for this stunt with a faux press conference and i had been a long time twitch user i've been uh, on twitch since it was just in tv before it was acquired by amazon and i just thought that it was the best video streaming platform that was easy to use so i suggested hey we should do a live a live streamed reveal that this was kind of a this this weird joke um on our twitch channel and it did really well we had a couple hundred people watching um, we did this like cryptic set downstairs in his basement and made it look super weird and, and freaky. And uh, people were definitely interested, but when the music came out, it just didn't really translate. Um, meanwhile, though, we were having all these conversations about how to continue to generate interest. And I think the main thing that's responsible for us transitioning primarily from a musical group that releases songs to hosts of the first late night show on the internet um, was this idea that we would talk about where I'm sure that this has been academically defined and I dropped out of college, so bear with me. But um, I, I think that there's like really two types of attention emerging on the internet. Well, a lot of different types of attention, but two main types of attention. There's sort of like what I refer to as granular attention, which is very traditional um, minute to minute, second, millisecond to second in- engagement, uh, scrolling past a photo you see on Instagram, liking a meme on Twitter and moving on very very uh scatterbrained social engagement that we see as staples for engagement for artists and just people on the internet in general and then there is from my exposure to twitch i realized a second much deeper layer of engagement where you have these people playing video games for eight hours a day averaging you know 1500 to 2000 concurrent live viewers Um, making six figures a month in sponsorships and direct payments from uh, users and fans that represents a deeper kind of engagement that's just like true attention, in my opinion. It's like actual deliberate attention given consciously by a person to an entertainer. And we were talking about this all the time. And through our little brief foray into Twitch, we kind of realized like, Oh man, at first we can probably supplement our music through this more robust demonstration of our personalities on a, on a video platform um, yeah. like Twitch. And uh, we just kind of theorized, okay, well, hey, let's, uh, let's do this little show because we, we have different talents that we like to showcase. 
Um, I'm a DJ, I'm a producer. We both like to talk and think about things beyond making songs. We figured, you know, maybe people would be interested in that and it would endear people to us using this um, deeper type of attention. And it just started taking off. We started seeing results. We started seeing uh, financial results way faster than we imagined. Even when we were only averaging 50 viewers or so, the, the quality of engagement was you know, a hundred times that of of the similar sum of followers on a different platform. So that's kind yeah, of I mean, what, it, what started it, the journey. And it, you know, uh, it you guys sold out of merch. You know, having I think only been on Twitch for I don't know, like a few weeks. Some turtlenecks that you guys wore, and you know, long sleeve t-shirts that sold out. So I mean, the, I think that's the craziest thing that you guys predicted that the engagement on Twitch is is different and i think that's a huge point owen that you just made it's like the, you might only have 100 people watching your stream but those 100 people are engaged like they are on there for a long period of time and they are paying you guys for the content that you're putting out they're buying merch they're following you on everything else and i think that that's one thing that you guys did super well so i guess not to jump too far ahead but the the late night show the mystery school late night show that you're talking about it furthermore and one thing that we always talked about is like being consistent that if you have consistency on twitch your followers are going to stay and you're going to gain new followers and so now it went from you guys doing it a couple times a week to doing it five nights a week every week which is crazy and each each one of your shows each one of the streams is what two to three hours three hours yeah three hours and it includes you guys making music um, I don't want to get into all the, the rights about music on Twitch. We've talked about that a little bit, but but creating your own, you know, what you guys call sudden death, where you're taking comments from the chat and the Discord to to create new music. Um, so it's still focused around music, but you guys have turned this into you know a secondary or primary career. So uh, when when did you guys decide? All right, well this is this is what we should be doing. Forget putting music out. Like this is this is it. This is what we want to do. Um, uh, we should probably both give our opinions on that because I'm coming from a different angle. Um, I was, you know, <laughs> fighting with these feelings of kind of roping him into this world without knowing exactly what it was going to look like. Uh, I just had the hunch that all entertainment was going to absorb into the streamed world, the streamed ecosystem. Um, I, I think that the main transition period was the pandemic, obviously. Um, I would drive over every other day to his house to do the stream in like this faux green screen studio that we built in a, in a like a office in his apartment. And that was a lot of work then because, you know, we'd be physically moving every day, setting up, breaking down gear Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and when the pandemic was starting to, when, when people first became aware of, of COVID, uh, I was, you know, freaking out about it because I'm a hypochondriac in like January or so. And we <laughs> were talking about it. Uh, yeah, we were, I mean, I was thinking about it in terms of like, how is this going to affect daily life? And I was saying, yeah. to him, like, dude, we, we got to be prepared to take this remote. Um, we, we should be prepared to do the same stream because everyone's going to be inside. Streaming video consumption is going to go up. We should be ready to do the same stream remotely. And so I spent a disgusting amount of time uh, figuring out how to wire that and make it work. And we did it remotely. Um, same schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 
And we were just like, man, why not do it more? It's not like anything else is going on. It's not like there's going to be any tours or album rollouts. And we started doing it five days a week. And, you know, the the effort that goes into it is significant. It's, it's 15 hours a week of actually broadcasting and um, significantly more time actually setting up and stuff. But truly, like, what else would we be doing as artists in, in this time? I think that's the main thing from my end that drove the the justification of like, you know, let's just go all in on this because we had the philosophy down of like, we just think that streaming is going to be the next huge boom in yeah. video on demand content and music will absorb into that. And uh, nothing else is going on. So let's go for it. And that that's my perspective. Yeah. And then for, for Mikey, I mean, like you are a successful rapper and have been for a while. And so to make this jump and say, all right, well, I'm going to spend more time on Twitch and on Mystery School than... I mean, I guess you're you're a little bit special. You can create music rather quickly and can and are sitting on a bunch of content. But like, this was a big decision for you too. So what what went in it? You know, went went into your decision to to do this. And you again, like you're sort of seen as someone who's ahead of the curve. Is that is, did you have this sort of same vision as Owen, or what what were what was your thought process for this? Yeah, we we shared we shared a lot of uh, a lot of the same thoughts on this, but it it all kind of. It kind of started with just the the way the music was being uh, consumed. Now I, I just started to I started to feel like to release music you need some kind of like there has to be like a there has to be a connected fan base. There has to be a connected and alert, aware fan base that is you know a bit more uh, on the a bit more like on the fanatical side, you know, because right. um, releasing music, in my experience over, you know, the past like three years, I would say is uh, it has changed a lot. You know, I've, I've been making music, you know, professionally for, I would say, like the past at least 10, 11 years. And I've seen it, you know, transition, transition and change into uh, an entirely different monster, especially with rap specifically um, people consume stuff way quicker so it's like if you're not just kind of shitting out songs then you really are not going to be able to gain any momentum like that unless you have a dedicated base unless you have a right. fan base that is um, that's connected like it's it's, it's it's different from having a hundred thousand followers on a web on, on, on a you know on Instagram or Twitter um, those are like Owen was saying, like more granular engagements that you're getting. So I could have a hundred thousand followers and drop something, drop a new album or a new single or something, and people are just scattered all around. They have no idea when you drop it. I, I got tired of just people messaging me like, "Dude, release some new music, man. What's going on?" I'm like, "Dude, I just dropped three albums. Like, why are you not? Right. Why are you not hearing this? Like, why are you not aware of this?" And I figured that there was something really wrong with that and i was you know on the mindset of i need to i need to gain a a base i need to gain a base of people that i'm connected with and are aware of my moves and are aware of what i'm doing and dropping because there's a lot of people that are aware of me as an artist but not aware of anything that i'm doing really so it, it kind of would give me mixed signals and false information you know and i wouldn't Right. I wouldn't know where I needed to angle my energy, 
because I was like, okay, now these people are saying, oh, they're not getting the music, so I need to work on marketing. Or now there's a person that is like, dude, I don't like your last album. I don't like the sound of that. I'm like, okay, now I got to work on a different sound because like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not creating my most optimal sound. And there's yeah. just so many voices, you know, so many voices that would get confusing. And as an artist, it'll it'll trip you up. So I decided to just kind of quiet down all the noise and kind of break everything down to square one. And I was like, first right. thing I need to do is build a fan base that I am really connected with, that I can be candid with, that I can be myself with, that I can be, you know, consistent with. And to start that, uh, the stream seemed like the best possible option to do that, especially if we were going to be dropping, you know, more mystery school music. And after that, you know, more uh, of my own music as well. Um, a fan base had to be developed and Twitch obviously provided just the best way to directly connect and interact with people and be able to like really showcase, you know, my personality and, and who I am. Cause I feel like, uh, I'm more of an artist that you have to, uh, you got to kind of like get to know me a little bit and kind of like see what I'm into and see who I am to really, uh, lock, lock on and latch in like that, you know? Yeah. So. I think, I think, I think it's such a good point because it's like right now, how do you really know what an artist is like outside of social media? Right? Like there's no way of knowing, you know, and like, can, how much can you really discern from a tweet or from an Instagram post or Instagram live? And like you, Twitch has provided you this, this stream has provided you a chance to talk directly to your fans every night. Right. I mean, this, right. this is that, that was sort of the goal for you then was to be able to like really interact and really, yeah. you know, ha give your fans sort of this like unfettered access to who you are. Like for three hours, you can't be. Yeah, man. I, I just really wanted to build every, every night. Yeah. It was, it was just really important to develop a real connection. You know, I was just sick of just the Twitter connection or just the Instagram I post a picture you like it connection um, the the engagement wasn't lining up with the numbers of things and I was like this right. is, something's not right like I got all these followers but out of 57,000 I get 2,000 likes on a picture right. uh, out of out of 80,000 followers on Twitter uh, when I drop a single it's getting like 200 300 likes or something yeah. like that. I'm like, this does not add up. And I was, I just figured out like, I'm not connected with these people. I know right. I'm not, I'm not connected with them on a personal level that they can, um, that they can, that they can appreciate or like be involved with. So it was about time for me to figure out a new way to connect and, you know, Twitch and the mystery school stream kind of fell right into that slot and yeah, uh, it worked out. I mean, I think it's also important to know that, like, so you've had now, and it had, didn't come overnight on Twitch. Like, this has been a grind. You guys have been doing this since 2019, like, pre-pandemic. Right. Um, and, and I don't know how many streams you've done. It's over 300, right? Yeah. At this yeah. point. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it didn't come overnight. It, put, it, it You need to work just like anything else. Like, it's been a job, and you guys have done an amazing job at this hear me sorry yeah, technical issues a little bit. sorry um yes on 
your solo projects on the cool kids projects there are more listeners now there are more people that are paying attention to what you're doing on all of your other social platforms as well i mean you're you're constantly in front of them and so i mean i as as manager i look at it and i look at your numbers and they've gone up you know since you started doing this on everything else that you're not even paying close attention to anymore so i feel like you guys have done an amazing job of sort of flipping the flipping the script on on the music industry and i think that leads to the next fact that like you know you guys didn't predict the pandemic but the fact that you realized twitch was going to be an outlet for music has certainly come true and i think it's been accelerated obviously by the pandemic but like now you see everybody on twitch right and everybody's trying to do it but not i would i would say not in the best way it's like you know, <laughs> no I, 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 right like seeing watching a musician play video games could be fun for for five minutes and i'm not the right demographic for it anyway but like nobody's turned it into what you guys have turned it into so maybe maybe tell us like you know what, what what's your vision for the stream moving forward what is it you know what opportunities have it has it has it brought to you guys and what do you see you know what's the goal for it you know in in 2021 man um i think the the first thing to circle back to is the initial philosophy that made us start doing the stream like even though one of the the early concepts that convinced us you know this is going to be something worthwhile to do uh as it relates to these emerging trends in music and our philosophy about uh you know twitch is just going to be something that grows video live video content is going to be something that grows and we think that like my personal philosophy is that all media will absorb into Twitch-like um, enterprises. Just live sports are already on Twitch, you know, um, concerts are on Twitch. Like everything is uh, made more stimulating by a chat box and like little gamified incentives. Um, so I think that that's just something that's going to happen. But outside of that, even though we agreed on those things, the main reason we, we took the plunge initially was, hey, maybe this will make more people listen to our music. Uh, we thought it was a supplemental thing. Um, and that has absolutely come true. That has absolutely been the case, as you were describing. Um, there is a more robust involvement in uh, just everything else we're doing outside of the stream, the, the community that we're growing, stuff like that. Um, that has, has come true, and we're, we're very pleased with that. We'd like to see that continue to grow, because we haven't given up on Mystery School as a musical project. We would love to release more music in the future, and we think that the more we're doing stuff like this, um, the greater the embedded fan base and audience will be uh, when they're, they'll just be there ready to, to listen to whatever it is that we're doing. Um, so cultivating that, uh, the, the sort of landing strip for whatever quote unquote real content we want to put out or like well thought out, authentic, like artistic expression we want to put out, continuing to cultivate that audience is important to us. Um, but in terms of long-term goals for Mystery School, man, it, it, it evolves so much. We talk about this almost every other day uh, with how the stream is angling and, and how it's growing. and. Um, I think part of it is just going to be riding out the trends and continuing to grow our viewership and grow people who are engaged with our brand in any meaningful way because the landscape is just changing so wildly, so so quickly. Um, the explosion of music content has just not really yielded much innovation yet. It is mostly people making beats on live or uh, sometimes they'll play Call of Duty or something like that. Um, I, I, we spend a lot of time looking around the platform to try to see what others are doing, if there's anything else that we need to be paying attention to. And it, it just hasn't really 
crossed that threshold yet of, of mainstream adoption. It, it feels to me more like people are doing it as a, a stopgap of like, I can't tour, I can't really release music traditionally, so uh, I'm gonna try this out. And of course there are some champions like Kenny Beats, for instance, is someone who has um, integrated seamlessly and naturally into the landscape, doing what he was doing anyway. Um, but we're just kind of doing this weird hybrid Frankenstein monster thing here and it's growing in ways that we can't expect um, so we're just kind of riding it out and, and enjoying uh, gaining interest and in, in robust engagement from people who are into this sort of content and just riding the wave in the meantime. Oh, and, but you're supposed to say that you have it all figured out and that you predicted all of this. And that's why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you guys figured it all out, right? Um, <laughs> but Ed, I mean, so with you, Mikey, like obviously you've got a bunch of music coming up and like you've got more cool kids stuff coming up and cool kids are getting more attention than they have in a very long time. So what, do you do you attribute any of that to you just staying in front of people via Twitch? Do you find there's a lot of like Cool Kids fans and Sir Michael Rocks fans on on Mystery School streams? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it it was a interesting like transition between getting people in my fan base and Cool Kids fan base to create Twitch profiles, you know, and 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 log into Twitch to watch our show. Um, obviously at first there was like antagonism against like just Owen being another dude, you know, that's like not, <laughs> where's, where's that's Chuck? not, that's not Chuck, you know what I mean? Um, so that was a, that was a, a, a hurdle that we had to hop over at first. Um, and then, you know, just dragging in a bunch of people from cool kids and, and, and my solo fan base, um, transitioning them onto Twitch was, uh, it was, it was, it was interesting, man. It was, it was pretty it was pretty rough at first, man, but I, I do feel like a lot of people that uh, that are finding out about the stream are people, you know, that have been fans of me before, fans of the Cool Kids stuff, and now they're starting to blend with and have an equal, you know, an equal amount of new interest as, like, people that are just finding us on Twitch. Yeah. You know, they're sometimes just right. random random people that are finding us from being on twitch whether that's through like being on twitch's front page which is like the explore page of twitch basically if you want to compare it to like an instagram or something right um and usually you know that yields a lot of a lot of new viewers you know because you're you're out in front of people on the main page of this platform and now you're exposed to just a bunch of random people that you know had no idea who you were and we're getting a lot of those follows now and we're getting a lot of those people that are just integrating so seamlessly into you know our community and into the stream and it's, it's just funny to see how many people like this stuff you know uh that didn't know that this existed you know yeah. so we're finding all types of new people and you know, obviously it started by building with uh, fans that I had and trying to convert them into coming here and watching this thing. And now it's turned into just random new people are finding yep. us all the time. So, um, yeah, I definitely yeah. think that it's, it's a bigger impact when you have something uh, that can be open to anyone. You know, right. I, don't, I don't think it's just exclusive to Cool Kids fans and Sir Michael Rocks fans. I think that this is something that we're doing that attracts a lot of random people that we never really had yeah. imagined, which is really cool to me. 
I mean, I think that, you know, Twitch has grown so fast and I think that a lot of it is like the, the pandemic, right? You know, people not having a lot of other outlets. It's not like you can go see shows or anything like that. And I think one thing that you both have said is like you've created this community. And if you go on to the Mystery School stream, um, which you can find on Twitch um, every night during the week, it is like people, the, the fans that you guys have on there are like friends. They talk back and forth. They're gifting each other subs. Like they're doing all sorts of different things that a community would do. And Twitch is primarily, from what my interaction on it, is positive as opposed to other social media platforms, which are like the most negative, nasty place in the entire world. And I think it's the community. It's not you're not uh, anonymous like you would be on Twitter. Like you, these people seem to really know who who all of the other people in the in the Discord are. And I think that that's what you guys have done. But like, I, I guess, you know, let's say 2021, the vaccine works and everybody's out, you know, and going to shows again. Do you see the stream changing? Do you see, I know we talked about before the pandemic, you guys taking this on the road and, and being hosts at events and, and having the stream from other places. Do you see that happening? Or do you see like, oh, this is it, we're good. We've got this online community. Man, dude. dude man. <laughs> yeah. Good I, question, I, good question. I, I, I definitely, I definitely have, you know, we, we've definitely had some conversations and thought about, you know, what the stream looks like in a year or two years or what will be going on in the world in a year or two years. Um, and I think that with what we've created, it is such a, such a fluid, malleable thing, you know, um, before the pandemic happened, we were planning on like you were saying we're planning on like taking the stream on the road to different places and you know being able to have different guests on from different spots and integrate like kind of a live experience into the stream as well before the pandemic hit um since then we've been able to expand on that thought a bit more as well man like there's a lot of opportunity for what we're doing to be something live in the real world as well man um We've been having some conversations about IRL streaming, which is like just in real life streaming where maybe we're outside collecting sounds for the sudden death that we're making. Uh, maybe we're driving from, you know, city to city, picking up different verses from artists, you know, or something or different beats or sounds from producers for this sudden death track we're making or something like that. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity to do real life stuff that we already kind of had planned but when the pandemic hit it kind of you know squashed everything and made us kind of reevaluate what the plan was but i think that as soon as things do open back up the vaccine works the world is safe i think that this dream will continue to grow and evolve even more so and be a way larger force in the outside world than it is just on the net i think that it has a lot of potential yeah. to be like a real in real life outside physical force like events that we're being able to throw uh, appearances we're being able to make uh, collaborations that are able to happen and you know the list goes on but um yeah i definitely think that after the world is safe again there's a lot of potential for this thing to morph and grow into even more so of a force right yeah i, I don't think that there's going to be a situation where we have to draw down what we're doing i, I we talked about this just the other day actually where even in the dream scenario of 
oh my God, the vaccine suddenly is out and everyone is cured and coronavirus goes away forever and it's back to normal. Even in that scenario, um, I think that this type of content is here to stay. I don't think that there will be a drawdown in streaming. I think that we'll see a, you know, dip in hours watched on some of these platforms because there will inevitably be a group of people who just don't ever want to be inside again or look at a computer screen again and want to go to like a, I don't know, rave in the forest or something. Um, but <laughs> I think that... Uh, this yeah. is, I think it, this situation in the world has permanently changed the way that people consume content, the sort of communities they're seeking. And um, like he's describing, we had all these plans for things we would like to do um, that now we can just add on top of the, the way that the, the broadcast usually works. So I only see it, it growing um, and there being yeah. a slight trade off with maybe we're not sitting at the desk every day, but we'll probably be able to do something else that's equally as impactful. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think um, Eddie and I, I mean, Eddie, Eddie, you're still there? This has been a Definitely. <laughs> riveting uh, conversation with these yeah, guys. Man. You've been podding, Josh, man. I got to give it to you, man. <laughs> but I, I think um, one thing, since this is lawyers uh, for musicians, is, you know, uh, I think Owen may be uh, more of an expert on this than either Eddie or I, but Twitch, which is owned by Amazon, um, has gotten some notoriety for refusing to pay uh, for music. Oh, my um, blood pressure, my blood pressure is already going up, man. Yeah, I know this is a stressful topic, but I, <laughs> I, 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 this is not the first platform that has thought that they didn't need to pay for music. And Owen, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the argument that Twitch has had is that they pay the PROs. Um, ask FBMI, CSEC, all those for for the right to broadcast publicly music, and that's all they feel that they need to do because these are live streams. But they're forgetting the fact that the live streams uh, can be recorded and continue on and be placed on other platforms. So I don't think they even do the first part. I, well, I read that that's their argument is that 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 they are paying into the PROs, they pay into the pot. Um, whatever percentage they've negotiated, and because of that, they're they're clear, they're free and clear. Because a big part of Twitch and a big part of your stream was a half-hour DJ set, and there's other people that go on, you know, that that play games on there, or they're just DJing or whatever, and they're playing music. They may be taking that music directly from Amazon, um, but uh, now Twitch has said to streamers, to content providers, don't use that music. Right, and that we would have to potentially turn down your, your turn off your stream. So wh where does that sit right now, Owen? And, and maybe shed a little more light on it. Sure. So um, yeah, the, the DMCA generally is just a criminally outdated system that has no place in modern life or modern content creation. And it's it's complex because we talk about this on the stream all the time. It's actually become a joke to the point where whenever the the D word comes up, the DMCA comes up on the stream. People just start like taking shelter already because they know I'm going to freak out. Um, and our audience is constantly beaten over the head with this. Uh, it's in terms of where it stands right now, Twitch is making small changes. Um, they introduced a, a standalone application called Soundtrack by Twitch where um, yeah, the, the main problem is uh, the, the video on demand content where your stream is usually recorded to your page. People can go back and restream the entire thing or they can make clips of it live that can be up to 30 seconds. Uh, all of the, almost all of the DMCA claims that have come out that have gotten streamers suspended or, or made Twitch take legal action 
have been clips that existed uh, several years back and sometimes video on demand content of entire broadcasts. The soundtrack feature by Twitch um, integrates into your streaming software where it creates a separate audio channel that goes to your stream, but it doesn't go to the recorded uh, VOD, VOD, or video on demand content that, that lives on the website. Um, I don't know all of the details about it, but allegedly they only have a couple of the licenses required to actually um, fulfill the non-DMCA-able like checklist of, of streaming music on a platform. And beyond that, from what we've heard from Twitch stuff and, and people we know at the company, it's just a messy negotiation between record labels and performing rights organizations and Twitch themselves. Um, I'm very critical of Twitch for knowing that this was going to be a issue for years. Uh, the, right. the reason that most people are mad about this is because of the way Twitch just objectively uh, and disrespectfully, frankly, mishandled the, the situation where this was something that they were aware of for at least six years. They had all of the time in the world to at least give us a feature to make our video on demand content private or, or unpublished like YouTube does, which uh, means it's not susceptible to copyright claims. Um, at, as a bare minimum, they chose to do nothing. Then suddenly an influx of DMCA claims comes. People suspect it's, be, it's because of the pandemic and record labels figuring out that there are literally hundreds of thousands of infractions going on every hour on Twitch. Um, they start sending all the DMCA claims and Twitch literally said, how could this happen? Uh, we, we weren't prepared for this. This is crazy. Um, sorry, guys, we're just going to go ahead and delete all of your content off the platform. People who have been on Twitch for a decade. Um, yeah. We just deleted all your shit. You have no mechanism to counterclaim. And uh, we just recommend that you don't play sounds on your stream anymore. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's where it stands right now. And, um, the, and the again, it's getting crazy. A, it's, a, it's a company owned by Amazon. So you're yes. talking about the, the biggest tech company, well, one of the biggest tech companies in the world, and that owns a, a large streaming platform. Yes, music. they have Amazon Music. You would think, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, Some my blood pressure is elevating. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but the, the reason that this is also getting really hairy is because DMCA doesn't specifically relate to music. We've seen it most commonly um, punish streamers for playing copyrighted audio, but it extends to images, video, articles. Um, it's, it's really a doomsday scenario. And last night we actually found a piece of breaking news, like just before we went live, where a Republican senator is actually pushing for um, <laughs> copyright violations like this, specifically playing copyrighted audio on Instagram, Facebook Live, showing copyrighted uh, images on your Twitch stream to be a felony. Um, that so seems appropriate, yeah. It's, uh, it's really escalating to what I consider to be a, a doomsday scenario for creative yeah. expression. And it's made all the more, um, it stings all the more when we're in a pandemic where most artists can't make income traditionally. So the, the fact that these platforms, namely Twitch, have been functionally negligent in how to sort out rights management is, is pretty shocking to me. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, I mean, is there a plan if that, if that happens? I want to, we, we only have a little bit of, uh, of time left, but I, I it, what is the, what is the plan? I mean, you can't have your stream without music. I mean, I guess you could, but 
yeah it'd be pretty boring real, real quick it's it's uh we just stopped the dj mix we stopped yeah. playing music in the background and uh fortunately 75 of our show is live generated custom content right so um you know we're, we're making stuff live we still get copyright claims for splice samples which we have to contest but uh th that's fair use for us so most yeah. of our stream most of the draw of our stream is us talking about stuff and um, making live music, which which shields us, unlike DJs and producers. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, uh, definitely a, a, a blessing that we are creating a lot of original content for the bulk of the stream. Um, obviously, you know, background music and stuff like that, we'd have to figure out what to do uh, for that. Maybe we'd have to contract some producers to soundtrack our entire stream or something but you know worst case scenario we do make uh completely original content for like you were saying 75 percent of the stream besides the dj mix and, and background music so i think we're in a a lot at more advantageous and safe position than uh a lot of other people man right um, it's, it's it's probably pretty it's probably pretty like terrifying to some people to imagine like you know if they're a dj or a producer that's been actually making money and cultivating the community and really building themselves to have it potentially all just stripped away because you know the law the law just changed and now what you're doing is a felony you know right that's um, crazy yeah i could imagine that being terrifying for a lot of people but we do create you know most of the content on our stream from you know just original means so yeah i think that you know we'll we'll have to adjust a little bit but we'd be safe and we'd be able to innovate and probably just replace it and build something else on top of it you know yep uh well i, I thank you guys i mean i, I again it's uh it's owen bones and uh sir michael rocks and their their twitch stream is uh mystery school you can find them every weekday night on twitch um and you can look up their socials and all that good stuff uh anything else you guys want to plug uh man yeah just uh check out the stream come through check out the stream um we read a lot of news articles that are sourced by like people in our discord community and stuff so it's really community driven it's fun uh i would i would i would try it out if i were you it is fun and um can someone can someone come and message me and, and tell me who we need to petition or raise money for to change the digital millennium copyright act i'm very concerned about that so anyone listening uh, <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta, we, we gotta find some lobbyists for that yeah uh, any any lobbyists listening to the pod, to the uh, podcast please send me a dm <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get right on that Owen. Um, all right, well, thank you guys. And and Eddie, I, I mean, uh, this is a departure from our normal uh, format, but I feel like this is uh, about as good information you, you can get from from yeah. two super creative musicians who have morphed into uh, late night hosts. Definitely, yeah, uh, man. Thank you guys for for coming and sharing the information. Thanks for thanks, having us. Thanks for having us, man. And good idea putting it uh putting it on clubhouse too it's pretty yeah. interesting so no i doubt. think uh you guys might want to try it again sometime man I, I think this might be a a good idea clubhouse seems to be perfect for this type of atmosphere i agree no doubt all right thank you guys uh thank you guys so do we, i guess we got to close out only thing i want to know man and we didn't talk about this josh bob dylan sold his, his whole catalog and so did David Crosby. So I got to figure out what's going on. Why, so why did, uh, why is everybody Stevie Nicks. Yeah, man. We oh, damn. 
$300 million to, to Bob Dylan from Universal, $100 million from Primary Wave to Stevie Nicks. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, I think there is a overvalue right now on publishing, um, but we can, we can get into that on a whole separate uh, topic. We do have a, a couple of questions. Uh, oh, Nick. I know Nick. Uh, <laughs> what do you have to say, Mr. Judge? <laughs> I, I was just going to... I was just going to bring up when it comes to all, all those catalog sales. You know, one, you're talking about really old catalogs where sort of the royalties are a known quantity. There's not a whole lot of spiking. Um, and then two, I think a big driver of that is just the fact that the multiples have like almost doubled on what artists are getting back. And so when you take these old catalogs by musicians who are, you know, borderline retirement, I mean, how old's Bob Dylan? Like 80 something? Se- 79, uh, yeah. 79, uh, you know, it's sort of, if not now, when? Right. Yeah, $300 million uh, would leave a, a legacy to whomever he wants to give it to. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a whole other topic and, um, you know, hopefully there's some mystery school copyrights that we can sell for hundreds of millions of dollars down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, we have one other question, Eddie, um, below, uh, DJ Lloyd Willen. I think I brought him up. Okay. Lloyd, are you there? Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? My name is uh, Wesley, member of the pregame podcast. I'm Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, it was really cool hearing this podcast, man. It's amazing. Glad we're able to connect. Um, I just want to ask you guys, um, how can other creators and collaborate? people looking for collaborations connect with you all? Whether that be the lawyers from Magician Podcast as well as uh, the Mystery School Bus uh, Twitch team. Uh, for Lawyers for Musician, you can click the greenhouse, uh, follow us there, and then all of our information is in our bio, and then all the Metro School speak for themselves. Yeah, we have a um, a Discord server, which is becoming increasingly possible or popular to house uh, just community outreach and stuff. That's where our entire community lives. We source like news articles for our stream there. That's where we just kind of hang out and talk to our community. Um, and there's been all sorts of collaborative stuff going on in there. So if you look at any of our socials, uh, which are at Mystery School US everywhere on the internet, um, there's a Discord link, which is probably the best place to, to get in contact with us. If you just join that server and you can send either of us a message in there. And Discord's a separate app, Owen, right? That's uh, paired with Twitch that you need to have on your mobile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. separate app. Okay. Um, one more question, uh, Victor. All right, Victor, you got a question? Yeah, hey, everybody. Hey, hey, what's up, Mikey? What's up, everybody up there? Vic, what's up, man? How you been? Good, 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 dude. How about you? Very good. This is a great, very insightful conversation. It was very interesting to listen to. I applaud all of what uh, y'all have been doing. Uh, my question was like regarding how is uh, how you all expect or to use, I guess, the crossover between what you're already doing and Clubhouse 
for, um, I guess, not just community reach, but I guess mentorship, because I feel like mentorship is something that's uh, discussed a lot. And these, uh, and I, and I think you're definitely adjacent to a lot of it when you're talking about leading uh, young producers and, and people that are new to your platforms. But specifically, how how do you view the term mentorship, and how do you approach that? Uh, man, I I think I view it as basically just giving giving some level of guidance here, giving some level of guidance through unfamiliar territories such as this music industry or through the streaming industry. Um, I think that it it's more helpful when there are people that have kind of already done a thing that you can kind of tap and lean on. You know, I've had mentors myself, you know, coming up in music and just in life in general, man. And it, it always just makes the journey a lot smoother. You don't have to always fall into the hole first before you learn a lesson, man, if you're the type of person that's willing to ask or uh, listen to others. So I think, yeah, mentorships, super important i think it's super important in lots of industries as well as just just life in general too yeah and on um on our show on our platform um so much of it is just either talking about experiences that we've had with with specific uh topics that relate to creativity relate to the music industry but also showing um one of the core aspects of our stream is making music live um, i'm showing the entire production process of how i'm making a beat in under 20 minutes He's sharing the writing process with our entire chat and sometimes during these longer form conversations about topics that are pretty opaque or arcane to the average listener like uh, copyright law, um, streaming royalties, things like that. Us sharing our experience in a, in a bite-sized way and just kind of um, translating that to our audience I think is a new form of mentorship in and of itself where there is a connection. We are talking one-on-one -on -one with our viewers live, but it's more of a... Uh, a fly on the wall scenario where uh, like you get this scattershot of information or a, a distillation of a, a skill or talent that we have shown live. I think that is, um, it, it's similar. It's similar to mentorship in and of itself. Definitely. Thank you both for that, that really thoughtful answer. I definitely think that these dudes on the stage uh, and yeah, we've had a chance to talk a bit. Uh, you guys are also mentors to the people on Clubhouse. So keep doing what you're doing. And then, uh, well, thank you. and then Mikey, you know, I'll be seeing you on these streets, these clubhouse streets, man. All right, man. Peace, dude. Good seeing you, man. All right, so we got one last one. We're going to wrap it up with, with Rockwell. Oh, we know this guy. Hey. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> hey, hey. Um, <clears throat> so, bro. What up, what up? So um, I guess my question is, is uh, so you referenced uh, Kenny Beats, and, you know, he's getting, like, 14,000 people a stream, right? And you watch those VODs and you watch his chat and it's just like erupting, right? And I feel like what's awesome about the interaction with your guys is that it's like what I feel like somewhere in that sweet spot where like you still recognize everybody and like you can still see familiar names. So my question to you is like, what is that sweet spot? Like how many viewers do you think is like too many or not enough? Or like, is there a limit to that? Like how fast can you read? I guess is kind of my question. And yeah. Man, great, great question. That's something that we, we think about a lot because our average stream these days has 200 to 250 viewers throughout the night. Um, last week we had 13,000 viewers when we were on the front page. And uh, there is absolutely a threshold where 
humans can't read fast enough <laughs> to keep up substantial engagement with everyone in the chat. Um, there's a couple stop gaps that we have that we haven't pulled out yet. For instance, Twitch has a slow mode where you can have people send a message once every 20 seconds, 60 seconds. Um, there's subscriber only chat. Uh, we, we don't know exactly what we're going to do with that and how quickly we'll activate those sorts of things. Um, this sweet spot changes, man. Uh, what we know for sure is we like the amount of viewers we get now. We can read everyone's name and message and integrate them into the stream. And it does start to get crazy when we're getting over maybe 500 viewers or so. Um, but since we've done the stream in an environment with 50 viewers and with 15,000 viewers, uh, we're pretty confident that if we, if we, you know, integrate some of these things that slow the chat down and, uh, you know, maybe limit who can come in and talk, I, I think we'll be able to keep that that spirit alive and scale it depending on on how many people are are watching. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that with what we're doing, it is it is heavily based on being able to interact with people, you know, and interact with the chat, interact with the viewers. Um, once you get into a couple tens of thousands of viewers, you know, I've seen streams where it is just flying and you can't read the chat. You can't really, you know, uh, hold a grain of salt to anything or figure out any line of clear communication. Uh, so it kind of kills the interactivity. So I think that as we continue to grow, we would be able to, you know, pull out those stop gaps, as Owen was saying, um, and just keep the interaction alive. I think that's one thing that we're definitely going to uh, bring forth with us in every level that we evolve while we're streaming is that interactivity and being able to have that direct line of communication with the chat. Um, whether that's through slowing the chat down or whatever we have to do, we'll figure out a way to do it because our, I think the, the, shining, the shining detail in our stream is definitely, you know, that interactivity and being able to compose and create and do stuff on the fly and do stuff kind of Im improv basically so we will we'll definitely be needing to you know lean on our community lean on the chat and be able to interact with them for this thing to continue to uh evolve and grow but it's it's really important to us to do that so we'll we'll be able to figure out ways to uh you know make sure that we keep that element alive right on man well i appreciate both you guys i'm gonna get back to lurking um i'll see y'all around uh appreciate y'all thank you guys for everything you guys do thanks man appreciate it man cool well that uh that wraps up another episode shout out to owen shout out to mikey for thanks guys uh josh any parting words uh no <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, got nothing, I got nothing clever um, just thanks man i mean i feel like uh these guys are are giving so many uh good points and are truly like innovators and i, I just hope uh people learn from from what they're doing so uh thanks for your guys time thanks, thanks for, for having us. us man thank you all right guys until next all right. time all right later, later guys everyone.